0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode. Firstly, I really hope you and your loved ones are safe and healthy. Please, please take care of yourselves, wear a mask, stay at home, wash and sanitize your hands often and try to meditate to feel a little grateful and positive. So I have always wanted to talk about climate change and believe me, I've made sheets and sheets of notes on how I can simplify everything related to climate change. And then I come across this 25-year-old who's spending all his time in Wanderlust to explore the world and work for climate change. Joining me today is Akash Ranisan, climate activist and responsible traveller, and we are talking about climate change and his newly launched ebook, Climate Change Explained. This is Ethically Yours, a podcast to simplify sustainability, and I'm your host, Darshana. Um, So your website says that you have covered almost 80,000 kilometers of travel, um, of which you have walked 8,000 kilometers, you have cycled around 20,000 kilometers, and you have hitchhiked 50,000 kilometers. So firstly, that is a lot of travel. And while it is a dream of many, over the years, you have used these travels not just for the sake of wanderlust, but also to create awareness on climate change. So tell us, how did this happen? And when was the first time you really felt the climate crisis and the need to advocate change?
1: So how it all happened, uh, I think uh, it... this was something that I wanted to do from the childhood but I didn't know this way this is what I wanted to do Um, in what way I knew I wanted to cycle this is I knew I wanted to wear good shoes this is what I knew and um, because of my family while I was in school only I got this chance to travel into train for longer journeys of let's say up to 24 hours in one go so this got me the feeling of being in a train and then because of my parents switching from one city to another that got me the opportunity to experience that how one city is different from the another one and how living in mountains and in a city where there's a river flowing by feels like and now with these feelings, again, I got back to my city where I was born, Indore, Madhya Pradesh. 2014 was the time when I finally could manage to get my hands on a cycle, which I bought by myself. That's when my journey started. For the first time, I went on a trip and that was from Indore to Bombay on a cycle. This was somewhere about, uh, I think, five and a, a hundred kilometers, five and a half, a hundred kilometers. And uh, this took me, I think, somewhere about five days. From there, I begin, I for for the first time, I think this was the time when I experienced what it means to be alone and to be in wild and to be like out there under the sky for the whole time and living out there in the adventure between unknown people. This is where the journey started. And from then on, I kept traveling, as you said, cycling, walking, hitchhiking, and different various ways. Now, while traveling for one or two years, I got this chance to visit the Himalayan region in India while traveling in mountain areas. I saw that obviously we have all been seeing plastic here and there, but this time when I saw plastic, I felt a little different. I thought that, Hey, can I do anything to fight with this problem and not really fight fight just can I do something about it though? I wasn't an activist at that point of time, but that one thought got me learning about plastic. While re- learning about plastic, I discovered this bigger problem, which is a crisis today, is climate change. And that got me hooked up that, OK, if there's something so big on our head, how can we just roam around so freely? How can we not uh, do something to solve it? And that got me into the shoes of a climate change activist.
0: So I just want to ask you that uh, you're, you're barely 25, right? Yeah. Okay. So for a 25 year old to basically understand what climate change is, or the fact that you need to do something about it, how did that basically happen? I mean, were you exposed to this kind of information? Or uh, was it that the remnants of plastic that you noticed in these exotic areas of our country? Did that make you want to do more research? Or how did that initial phase of actually realizing that climate change is real? How did that transition happen for you?
1: So I would say that uh, climate ch- understanding climate change and feeling being threatened, or uh, this is one side of it, understanding climate change and feeling being threatened by it, uh, wherein the other side is that I don't know what is the risk, but I know there is some risk on something I love. So here, I'm not really a climate change activist activist. This is the name which people have given me to the work I do. That is why I I am known as a climate change activist. But if you really ask me who I am, I am someone who is in love. I'm in love with the nature. I'm in love with life. And this is who I am. And I'm just trying to save uh, what I love. I love nature. I want to save it. I love life. I want to save it. And how did this come to me? There are three people I follow and I really love them a lot and they got me into this thing. Uh, who are these three people first? Swami Vivekananda. He's the one who gave me the life. He's the one who made me who I am on a bigger scale. Then second one is Bhagat Singh. He's the one who taught me that how to fight for your things. If you really love something, stand for it, raise your wi- voice and fight for it. And third and last is uh, Dalai Lama, he's the one uh, from whom I learned what it means when we say compassion and how important it is. More than money, there is something which is more important to us, and that is love, compassion, and kindness. Uh, so these are the three people I think who are my base core and they make me the person I am. And now if you see Swami Vivekananda, Bhagat Singh, and Dalai Lama, I ended up learning loving my uh, space, which is the earth again. I'm not saying that I love India. I'm saying I love the Earth itself. Because as a traveler, you also get the freedom that no, Earth is my place, not only India. I don't want to travel to India, India. I want to go everywhere. And climate change, obviously, it's a global uh, crisis. And this got me caring that I want to care about the Earth. I want to do whatever I can do to save it. So this was the core feeling. But now this core feeling made me feel that I want to do something about the problem of plastic. I thought, okay, let me just go to internet and see what is this problem is. Plastic got me learning more and more. There I found this term called climate change cause, because plastic contributes to, plastic comes from fossil fuel, crude oil, that is carbon emission and uh, other gas uh, greenhouse emissions. And it is, uh, let's say, spoiling our oceans and it's, it, it is spoiling our lands and everywhere. So this got me to learn more about Climate change. And when I learn more and more about climate change, I keep unfolding more and more pages, such as going vegan, such as textile, such as uh, plastic waste, such as taking longer flights, and everything. And this got me to change everything I do in my life.
0: That's really commendable, Akash. I really love the fact that the three idols that you mentioned have no direct correlation to climate change. But the fact that their learnings are so Um, life learnings, you know, the fact that you said that Dalai Lama taught you compassion and the fact that you said that um, it's for the love that you're doing this is, I think, absolutely beautiful. And I really haven't come across such a pure feeling in a long time. So firstly, congratulations for that. I think um, it's it's really reassuring that people um, of your age and even younger audiences now is becoming a little more Aware and also responsible towards their action, and also to do more as um, a way of taking care of their home, which is planet Earth. Um, on the same lines, I yeah, I mean, we are of course uh, doing this um, conversation also to understand what you do, but also to congratulate on publishing um, your first ebook, which is on climate change as well. And I have to appreciate how beautifully you've been able to simplify these seemingly difficult concepts like, you know, greenhouse gases, carbon footprint, carbon offsetting, uh, carbon neutrality, etc. And I'm particularly excited to see the Indian reference that you've added to this book. You know, we generally get the data, which is typically global, or maybe relevant to other parts of the world and not so much to India. So, um, while you are making climate change as an everyday and a very interesting and simplified topic for people to understand, um, I think this aspect of the book is also equally interesting. So, you know, tell us about this book. What are you covering? Um, you know, who is this book for? And why did you even feel the need to, um, you know, come up with something like this?
1: As I said, like, I'm not really a climate change guy. At the end of it all, if really we go under the layers, we see I'm just a guy who love nature. So and also uh, talking about a little of my education background, I somehow managed to complete my schooling. I never went to any institute, any or any kind of institute, college, university once I completed my schooling. And even while in school, I wasn't performing well. Almost in each and every class, I had either a supplementary or either a fail result itself. Uh, Then how did it happen that I got into climate change? Because the driving force, which is love, that got me into it. Again, then what are my skills? I feel my skill sets more are on the side of creative person, which is... Uh, communicating or storytelling in different ways that could be images that could be video that could be audio or whatever way we prefer so here i am playing a role of a communicator i love nature so i understood how it works which is the ecosystem how it functions which is more into the technical language the same thing which people were teaching me while i was in school but that's way too boring if it was entertaining or if it was easy to consume, today, everyone around the world would have knew what is greenhouse effect, how it works, and we would be able to stop climate change and forget about stopping it. It won't even start. So then what is the problem that the written things like the way we talk about science, climate change is way too scientific way too technical terms, people don't understand it. So here as a communicator, what I'm doing as a storyteller, what I'm doing, understanding the difficult side, difficult story, and then presenting that into a very easy, understandable way for everyone. Now this everyone could be anyone, a college kid, a school kid or uh, a dadaji or a dadiji. Anyone can be this person reading it or even a guitarist or a blue collar or a white collar office goer person. Anyone can read this book and understand. I have tried to keep it as crisp as I can. If you actually see, there's only 20 pages of content. It is 50 pages in the book because of the illustrations and the uh, infographics and designs we have kept around it to keep it entertaining, to keep it colorful. Also the color scheme we have used in the book is more on the side of the positive side and the negative side. So we, you know, red is where it's going hot and green is where it's right, balanced. So we have to care of everything that how we can bring climate change in very simple, easy language, in short, uh, content in simple language with very basic, simple examples uh, so that everyone can understand and also with uh, in relation to the Indian context because then people will be able to feel that this is happening to us otherwise mostly people think climate change is a problem in future and I have no personal one-on-one connection to this problem it's on global scale government has to do something companies has to do something with it or us has to do something with it and if it comes it will come in Bangladesh or it will come in South Africa not in India. So this is what I'm trying to explain people that know we are the one who are part of it, not on a larger scale, but yeah, we are a part of it. Larger scale are the industries, but we will have to raise our voices to bring the change in the space, right? If we want to change our government, we will have to raise the voice. Uh, If we want to change the policies of the country, it's our country. I know we have elected a leader, but at the end of it all, this is our country. And we cannot demand something until the point we believe into it and we practice it every day. So with this book, I am trying to reach out to single individual people so that they can understand there is a crisis in very simple language. And then they can demand the changes from the leaders of the country
0: nice i think this is very important i mean this was going to be my point later in our conversation as well that i think a lot of us tend to wait for um, you know bigger countries and corporations to sort of take the lead and uh, a lot of us also feel that it is not my problem somehow so um, you know what is that one concept uh, related to climate change that you think that every individual should know so um, carbon footprint you know i think let's talk about carbon footprint because each individual is generating some amount of carbon footprint with their everyday habits. And a lot of us don't even know that or even recognize that. So can you maybe help us simplify and define what carbon footprint is? um, And what are some of the everyday things that we do, maybe living in urban cities, uh, which is a considerable generator for carbon footprint?
1: Okay. So before we begin, one very basic, simple thing everyone needs to know. There is one word everyone has to keep there, in their mind whenever we talk about anything in life, anything. I'm not talking about climate change, anything. That one word is balance. Anything and everything, balance should be there. Now how balance comes in picture when we talk about climate change, and to be precise, carbon footprints, carbon emitting or releasing carbon is not a new thing. We breathe, we breathe out. Whenever we breathe out, we are releasing carbon out there in the atmosphere, right? Whatever we do, everything in a way does create carbon emission. So it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Problem is when you start doing it out of the limit, when you start disturbing the balance, when you go out of the balance, then it's a problem. Let me put it in a very simple example so that everyone can understand. Imagine you are earning 50,000 rupees per month, and you are spending 50,000 rupees per month, this is a very balanced thing that, okay, you get 50,000 in your account, you're gonna divide these 50,000 into different different ways. And mostly we believe if you are very sensible, you will at least save 20 or 15 percentage of this 50,000 rupees as a saving for future so that you are on the safer side, which means if every year we are emitting 50 tons of carbon emission, the country should be taking care of the carbon offsetting as well. That let's say we are planting more trees or we already have enough trees which are enough to uh, offset this much of carbon, right? But here, hold on. This is an ideal situation, which is not our or the world situation currently. Currently, the situation is that we are spending easily, easily 50 tons of carbon emission every year, which is a rough number. It's not a real number just for uh, uh, clarification. 50 tons we are emitting, but we are not able or we are not ready to even offset half of it. Forget half of it, we are not even able to offset 10% of it. And then we are not taking any step towards filling in that gap by planting more trees or anything, even instead what are we doing we are defore- we are going for deforestation we are cutting down more and more forest which is a carbon sink the place where which can offset our carbon footprints also the other thing which is our ocean the world's biggest carbon sink ever we are also destroying it we are killing the life in the ocean and the life keeps the ocean alive. And we are killing the life and also the ocean itself by dumping eight million metric tons of plastic every year in the ocean, right? So now I explained to you uh, how much carbon are we emitting. But in return to that, what are we doing now? Practical on one on one, one on one on one steps. How do we emit carbon? By breathing, breathing. Whenever we breathe out, we emit carbon. Now, let's say, whenever we burn fossil fuel, fossil fuel could be, or obviously your petrol, diesel, or any kind of such oils, we emit uh, carbon. And then uh, coal is another way. Um, Now, see, almost everything you do, uh, you are using these kind of fossil fuel because all the kind of electricity, all your devices, even not only running the devices, making the devices, Is also coming from fossil fuel because you use energy over there. And energy, electricity, is mostly around the world created by burning coal or fossil fuel. Where still very little of portion of electricity is green, which comes from nuclear or air or um, water, hydro, right? Windmills. So hardly the portion of the electricity comes from a green source majorly it comes from a coal industry or a fossil fuel industry so now whatever you do whether you're charging your phone whether you're creating your phone or whether you're transporting your phone from china to india or wherever now even if you're running a website the website is hosted on a server the server is a actual space at some position at some place around the world that place is running on a huge electricity grid, right? So almost everything, your food, your food when you grow it, you're using a tractor to run over there in the farm. Then once it's grown, you're using that food to transport from one place to another. When you are cooking it, almost everything, everything, even tiny, small step, your plastic packaging, plastic is a byproduct of fossil fuel, that's carbon. So carbon is, everywhere you can't see it it's everywhere the smoke coming out of your vehicle that is carbon
0: you know i can really already uh maybe read some of my listeners minds i mean the kind of um, sources that you're talking about carbon emission um i'm sure um people wonder you know anything and everything that we are doing is leading to something which is a real problem right now and i have also personally come across a lot of people saying that you know you people just talk about things that are so unreal how can we stop doing these things so i know for a fact that all of this can be extremely overwhelming for somebody who has absolutely no idea about you know what our everyday actions basically lead to you know in the larger sense so I understand that your book is, of course, catered to, uh, you know, people who are new to it. But how do we sort of um, encourage people to really be more interested in this and take charge of things that they're doing on a day to day basis?
1: OK, so um, first of all, to the people, OK, breathe out and relax. Everything is fine. We can still take care of it. How? remember the first thing i said in my last answer which is balance i know whenever i talk to people about carbon they be like okay to kya jeena chhod i am like no jeena mat chholdo. balance karo okay and uska technical term around the world agar aap sunoge jo united nations ki taraf se har kisi ko ek goal diya gaya hai which is net zero jitna humne khaya utna humne khud uh, ugaya jitna waste humne generate kiya hamare ghar pe se compose kar right to hamne hamara khud universe banalia or hamne baharko bahar ko now on a longer term you would say ki akash, main apne ghar pe khana har bar to uga nahi chalo ek chote se farm me. agar maine bana garden jahan pe main mera khud ka khana so then what about my clothes कैसे मैं खुद बनाऊंगा? What about my phone? So again, how do we go net zero? हम जितना खर्च करते उतना कमाते भी हैं और हमारे कमाने के सोर्स भी तीन चार हो सकते हैं और हमारे खर्च करने के सोर्च भी हो सकते हैं। और This is how it works जब आप पहले तो चीजें खरीद रहे हैं तब देखने की कोशिश कीजिए कि जहाँ net zero can be a net zero so that carbon footprint will not come to my head, carbon will not grow so Now how do we do it? For example, if you want to buy goods, let's say grocery on a very basic level, which we do, which everyone does every month, which they have to buy their grocery. Very simply what can you do? For example, uh, मैं क्या करता हूँ? There's a store जहाँ से मैं बड़े लेवल पे ऐसे एक बार में बल्क में सामान खरीद सकता हूँ और मैं खुद के carry bags वहाँ लेकर के जा सकता हूँ ताकि मुझे वहाँ पे plastic packagings नहीं खरीदनी पड़ेंगी और साथ ही साथ मैं बड़ी larger quantity में खरीदने की कोशिश करता हूँ so in this case what happens, first of all larger quantity I didn't buy packets and I AC shops, which zero waste so that I can take carry bag or box so I have plastic Now I bought actually to consume the excess waste tha, which is majorly the waste, waste that is plastic because usually what happens for example we buy uh, let's say tea leaves hum tea and then that's it where we open it put it into the box majorly this is what we do and throw away the wrapper so that wrapper is not any work if we carry a little bit for a box so these little step. another thing i can easily say very practical example in one year doctor suggested that you must use at least three to four toothbrushes in a year right three to four toothbrushes and may Easily assume कर रहा हूँ कि एक बंदा एक uh, easily साठ साल के लिए जी रहा है, एक साल में वो तीन ब्रश भी अगर use कर रहा है, तो एक बंदे ने अपनी लाइफ में 180 टूथब्रश यूज कर लिए। 180 टूथब्रश is huge amount. Now I am imagining एक टूथब्रश मेरा ज़्यादा नहीं, but let's say 20 ग्राम का है. So easily मैंने 3600 ग्राम प्लास्टिक दुनिया में फेंक दिया which i could easily replace by a bamboo toothbrush so this way you can start cutting down your carbon emission parallelly when it comes to clothing ye majorly khana ho gaya ya accessories ho gayi ya fir ab ek fashion what should we do about it in my case I try to limit it i know it's not possible for everyone to stay with limited number of clothes because of the lifestyle we have different different lifestyles for my case i only have four pairs of clothes and i do not buy more until i feel that mujhe sahi mein karne ki hai. there are times when good number of brands reach out to me and they'll be like we would like to send you free stuff but again very humbly i would tell them i already have enough i do not have space to consume more or i cannot afford to have more and why do i say i can't afford to have more clothes i don't have to pay but i can't afford to have more carbon footprints in my uh, account and that's why i can't afford your product so this is what i do that you have to balance out and this is how we can down our carbon emissions on the first go and the second go we can try to indulge ourselves in such activities which can offset the carbon footprints we have anyway have earned by let's say planting more trees, by participating with an NGO which works in the field of offsetting carbon or another one could be by donating to an NGO which offset Uh, carbon footprints, there are various ways you can donate to different NGOs who work in the field of environment where they can give you a certification as well that yes, this much amount of carbon have been offset.
0: So that's something that I've been doing for a very long time, actually. One thing is that every time I take a flight, I try and offset it by planting trees uh, by one of the similar organizations that you mentioned. Um, And I started this other thing a couple of years ago. So on my birthday, I create this uh, groove of plants. And then I just force basically everybody uh to gift me plans. And at least th- through that reason I do have a lot of people contributing, if not, you know, directly, forcefully. But I think is my tourism because it's for the good cause. So So great. I think um balance is a very important word, uh, like you said, and I think you have fairly simplified all of these actions for everybody as well i've noticed that you have um, started a new initiative called sustainably and i believe it is dedicated around single-use plastics so can you tell us a little about that
1: so uh, starting sustainably my idea was very simple sustainably and more uh, sustainably is more on the side of where i create different different art installations in india and all of these art installations are made out of uh, single use plastic waste, which we generate. And uh, what we do in this uh, project majorly is that we are trying to normalize the word sustainably. Like, what do we want to do? Do it. Just can we make it sustainable so that everyone can sustain and we can live in harmony with nature and other living sentient beings. In this, what we do is I go to different, different places. Like for example, last year in 2020, September, I shifted to Uttarakhand, Rishikesh. And um, I did a project uh, where I created an art installation by the name, world's first single use plastic death bed. In a year, an Indian on an average ends up wasting 26 kilograms of single use plastic here and there. And um, what we did, we organized different, different cleanups where we collected somewhere about over 300 kgs of uh, plastic. But out of that 300 kgs of plastic, we used 26 kg of plastic for creating the art installation. So out of 26 kilograms of plastic, we created three deathbeds. One is single-use plastic bottles. Second is uh, single-use wrappers, uh, the chips, wrappers, and everything. And third one is the containers. We made three deathbeds and in front of the deathbeds, we installed a mirror. So whenever someone comes to look at the art, art, they see themselves. And now why do they see themselves in the deathbed? Because in a year, an hum- a human consumes 250, mi- 250 grams of microplastic. So the idea is the plastic you throw away eventually comes back to you. You consume it every day when you drink water or you eat things here and there. And eventually this plastic is taking away your life, is giving you different kind of diseases and degrading your quality of life. So this is how we created this circle that the plastic you throw comes back to you and give you or take away your life a little by little and you create your own deathbed by yourself.
0: That's super deep and super impactful. Are you looking at doing more installations like this in the future? Uh, do you typically sort of um, collaborate with artists for um, art installations like these?
1: No. So uh, I do not really collaborate with anyone. I am the climate change guy. I am the artist because I love uh, doing all of these kind of things. So as I said... I'm not really a climate change activist, activist. I'm this happy guy who love doing happy things, who love loving nature. So I'm roaming around. I'm learning more and more about this planet Earth where we all live. And then I'm enjoying creating these projects where I show my love to nature and send it out. So for me, uh, to out there people, yeah, it does sound like a project project to me. It sounds like a fun thing, which I did expressing my love to the nature that i created this art installation for river ganga and also yes i'm looking forward to doing it this year as well i have been doing it for last three years i don't want to break the chain i would love to continue it this year again and in the upcoming years you
0: know i'm sure that you're often mistaken for somebody who comes from an affluent family and may not necessarily need to make a living, you know, seeing the way that you are living your life and traveling everywhere. Um, But I think that the reality is quite opposite. Am I right? Um,
1: So my mom was to earn six and a half thousand rupees per month and she was paying my fee and she was buying me Imarti, the Jalebi kind of a Mithai, which I loved while I was in my childhood. So she was making six and a half thousand rupees out of that. She would pay the rent of the home, bring grocery, uh, pay my school fee and everything. And then this is how she raised me. I'm a single parent child. Currently also, I don't have a home. All I have is one backpack and everything is in that backpack. Uh, I think this life came with the kind of life I had. My mom went through a hell lot of things and um, then the family didn't supported her. She fought a lot to give me this life. From 11th class, I started paying my own fee. The reason I didn't go to college, I loved computer science. I wanted to study computer security and become a computer security kind of expert, kind of a guy who would work all the day around computers. But then we did not have money to pay the college fee for four years. And that's why I didn't go to college. But then Swami Vivekananda was there. I didn't have the money, but I had the life which I had to live, and because of that, I could learn that what it means to give away your time in exchange of money. And that's where I understood that no, I don't want to give away my time. My time is more valuable than the money anyone can pay me for it. And that's when I enjoyed. That's when I started living my life.
0: It's so nice to listen to all this. I just feel that a lot of us want to do this, but really cannot get out of this social structure that we are sort of so deeply ingrained in you know that need to have uh, that bank balance then need to own so many things you know hats off to you to have discovered this side of you at such a young age um, and being completely at peace with it i think it's amazing you are really exhibiting what balance really means and how do you sort of try strike it So my biggest takeaway from today's conversation is balance for sure. Besides that, um, you know, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure that there is a lot that our listeners have learned today and in an absolutely simplified manner, tell us where can people find your book? Where can they find you? How can they follow you if they want to walk this journey with you? Is there something that they can do with you?
1: So, uh, I am indeed a global citizen, but today global means most of the time digital because I don't have a a physical place on earth where people can come and meet me. So the only place and the best place where I can be found is digitally. And when I say digital, any and every platform, wherever you are, it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any other platform, wherever you exist, uh, YouTube or BitCloud or anywhere, everywhere I am. With one very simple handle, which is my own name, Akash Ranisan. Double A-K-A-S-H, Akash, R-A-N-I-S-O-N, Akash Ranisan. This is my username, handle, whatever you call it on each and every website. This is my website. This is my email address, at gmail.com, or um, Akashranisinh.com or instagram.com slash akashranisan. So it's very simple. Wherever you want, you can find me how can you download my book? I think the best and easiest way would be to go to the link in bio of my Instagram profile. But if you directly want to go to the website to download it, it's uh, climateaction.akashranison.com. And you can download it for free. It's We are not charging any money for this.
0: Amazing. I will also give you the link to this book again um, as part of the description or in our bio as well. Thank you so much, Akash. Uh, What would be your parting thoughts to my listeners?
1: Find out what real happiness is. And if you know what is real happiness, climate change won't happen. You will be happy. You won't be jealous with anyone because you will have everything what you need.
0: Um, Also, one fun question that I like to ask my guest is that if you were to print a quote on a T-shirt, what would that quote say?
1: Take up an idea, make that idea your life, live for it, die for it, ask your every nerve and self to work for it. And that's the only way to success, said Swami Vivekananda.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening. Do share your feedback and go listen to the other episodes on this podcast. For now, signing off, ethically yours, Tarshana.